welcome back to 1001, a music podcast with me, Nathan Major Kershaw. And me, John Alburns. Uh, welcome back to the second episode. We hope you enjoyed our first one on Frank Sinatra. We're going forward in time about 40-odd years to a completely different decade, completely different genre. We're making a, a handbrake turn right into the 90s. Absolutely. 1991, to be precise. Yes. Uh, I remember when I told you about this, John, you... Uh, you were quite excited by it because you had um, you had fond memories of this record, as I believe. Uh, well, not necessarily this record, but of Saint Etienne. I'm a big fan of their singles, and um, I hadn't until I actually started listening again to this. I wasn't that familiar with, the, with this particular album. I had certain tracks off it, I was, but not this particular album. So it's been interesting to hear it in its uh, in full in its full glory. Yeah. So Saint Etienne. Um, I knew nothing about them. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never heard of them until this album came up. So, so you're in the driver's seat more or less because you know more than I do here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is still before I was born. So. Oh, shut up! <laughs> Honestly, listener, he's a very, very boring man. Um, <laughs> before is it really before you were born? Yeah, wow, he's in the right decade. He must have had hell of a paper round, listener. You can't see what I'm looking at. Um, yeah, nineteen ninety one. Um, I think I was playing in a band myself at this time. And uh, yeah, as a lover of pop music, I used to love St Etienne's singles. Mm. Um, for, and for a band who have such a, like a, a, well, they're named after a, a French football team. Yeah. A French name. They're very London-centric, I always think. Incredibly London-centric. Um, a lot of the songs reference London. I think I've got their best off, and it's called London Conversations. And, you know, it's, they're very much a London London band, mm. uh, despite the name. And yeah, I've, I've found it really, really interesting to go back and listen to this, um, particularly as one of the influences of, of the, the album um, that they, I think it was Bob Stanley and Pete Wiggs said was uh, Dazzle Ships by OMD, Orchestral Manoeuvres in the Dark, which I was a fan of right. back in the day. So I, I dug that out right. <laughs> for reference to see uh, um, what, what he was getting at. And immediately the, it starts, the, there's a reference because the first track is called This Is Radio Etienne. Mm-hmm. And Dazzle Ship starts with this, um, can't call it a song, a track called Radio Prague. And um, which reminded reminds me of uh, when you used to have the old transistor radio back in the 70s. Obviously, you, were, you won't remember this, Nathan, since you were just in liquid form. <laughs> but yeah, when you used to uh, turn the dial and hear these far off, you know, um, seemingly exotic places like Prague and Berlin and, you know, behind the Iron Curtain and yeah. these vague broadcasts. And, um, you know, it's so mystical. And you think, well, I'll never get to go anywhere like that. And, you know, before you know it, you know, 20 years down the line, you're pissed up with your mates at a stag do or something in Prague <laughs> and all the mystique's gone. So it reminded me of that. But, yeah, this is Radio Etienne it starts with, which is, it's just, it's, it just sounds like a promo for a football programme in France. Yeah. Um, and it, it it's peculiar, really. It's, as I say, we had this the Frank Sinatra album last time, which was very uniform. It was mm. incredibly classic, wasn't it? Yeah. Well produced, well written, beautifully sung, beautifully arranged, but very uniform. Well, this, you're not quite sure what's coming next. Mm. But I did um, read somewhere, Sarah Cracknell, the, uh, the singer with... Uh, St Etienne did say we thought it might be the only album we ever made so we just threw the kitchen sink at it sort of thing and and that's what they did I mean you you weren't even aware of them so what did you make of it? Um, Well I have to admit it's not for me 
Yeah. Uh, um, it's um, I. It's interesting you mentioned about the uniformity because I felt it was so, it did sort of all sound quite similar. Oh really? To, That's to my interesting. Ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in a different way to Sinatra's album. Sinatra's yeah, yeah. album felt thematically similar. Yeah. Whereas this sort of. I had to check numerous times because I was listening on streaming, I was listening on Apple Music as to how many tracks in I was because I, I, I just thought I was listening to one track and it's right. it like three different tracks. There were things that I, I liked about it. Like, I liked um, Only Love Can Break Your Heart. Oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And I also liked that one of the songs had a sample from Countdown in it. That, oh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's amazing. It's, it's one of the few albums that probably has samples from... Um, Richard Whiteley and Eddie Waring yeah. within two songs because Eddie Waring appears at the start of Nothing Can Stop Us Now, which um, was very nostalgic to hear Eddie's voice again. And Richard Whiteley's, of course, as you say, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm quite surprised you think it's it's similar because there's all these strange bits and bobs that go in, in between some of the more, like, norm, normal songs, to mm. put it. Because you go from, like, This Is Radio Etienne, which is, say, is this, this um, like, an intro to a, a French football uh, program into Only Love Will Break Your Heart, which I'm glad you like that yeah. because it's sublime cover of uh, the Neil Young song. And then a strange, peculiar little interlude um, called Wilson, um, which to be fair, if I never heard it again, it wouldn't bother me. <laughs> but it's um, it's basically, um, I think it's, it's some sample from a decimalization training record <laughs> or something like that. And Lots of repetition. Would you like some sweets, Willie? They say a lot and stuff like this. Come on, Auntie, we'll miss the bus. And it's just, it's just, you can't call it anything other than like an interlude between songs, really. Yeah. And then straight out of that into some really lovely dub with a song called Can't Sleep. Just sort of laid back, chilled out. You know, um, Sarah Cracknell, lovely light and airy vocal, which I love. It sounds like almost like a, um, a Beatha come down sort mm. of. Record, not that I would know anything about these things. Two bottles of light ale and back to my B&B in Morecambe. That's that's more me. But but yeah, it's I, 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 the first four songs I think are I say not even all songs, but um, yeah, unusual, you know, and not exactly uniform like Frank. I wouldn't have said anyway. Um, but it's interesting you hear similarity in the actual songs. Yeah, I, I think "Strange and Peculiar" are a good two choice of words. It feels like <laughs> a like a bit of a melting pot. As, as to, a lot of ideas. Yeah, it felt like a lot of different people's ideas as well. It, yeah. it wasn't. It didn't feel as if it was one person's vision. It, it was a case yeah. of I want to make a tribute to nineteen sixties pop. Well, I want to do something with house music. And yeah, I want yeah. To do some trance, not trance, because trance wasn't around then, but dance music. And yeah, it yeah. was all sort of mixed together. And it it sounds like something that we wouldn't out won't be out of place on one of those documentaries about nineties raves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, there's one track, um, Stone to Say the Least, mm. um, which I could imagine going down incredibly well somewhere like the, the Hacienda in its heyday or something like that, you know. It's got one of them like repetitive grooves and, you know, um, piano flourishes and sort of repeating sort of like bassline motifs going on. Um, none the worse for it, but it's very typical. It sounds like one of these you know, big 12 inches from the time, you yeah. know, big 12 inch records. And um, I mean, it's, that's my kind of thing. I like that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, as, as I say, it is, I mean, as you said, there, there are, you, you've, you've heard so many influences. Uh, Bob Stanley has written um, sort of many books about pop 
and it was a big. I mean, you wrote a great song, um, great song, great um, book about the Bee Gees recently mm. as well. He's, he's a bit he worships that kind of you know sixties, yeah, even sixties French pop like the Yeah Yeah Girls, you know, um, Françoise Hardy and and um, people like that, Sylvie Vartan. So yeah, and because I don't think they even regarded themselves as musicians; they're more like producers and samplers, and yeah. you know. And so it's like what Sarah Cracknell said, they've, they've just made it what they thought might be their only album and just thrown a lot of influences at it. I did really like the female singer's voice on a couple of songs that she features on. I, I think there's a couple of different singers, isn't there? On there the, is, yeah. The, uh, only Love Will Break Your Heart was actually sung by Moira Lambert yeah. because Sarah Cracknell wasn't a full-time member at this point. And I really liked both of their voices. I thought they were yeah. sort of ethereal, very... Absolutely, like absolutely, and it fits in with the sort of like sixties pop, you yeah. know that sort of light and airy um, style. Mm. Um, are particularly effective on um, well, on all of them really, because um, I think it's very, very much to me. I, I was quite surprised it was released in September because it's very some like a summer album. Yeah, you know, if I'd have been listening to that album in ninety one, it would reminded me of. Um, well, I'd like, you, you would imagine it would remind you of the summertime. Yeah. Even you though listen it came to out it and you late. think of sort of clubs in Ibiza, don't you? Like uh, absolutely. I mean, there's a song called Spring, mm. but it, to me it's just, they should have called it summer. You can just imagine um, listening to it like with a large drink of something with the sun shining, you know. And um, yeah, you know, there's a lovely up, upbeat um, song called Nothing Can Stop Us Now, which I was aware of before. But, I've I've never felt so good. I've never felt so strong. Nothing can stop us now. Very life affirming, mm. you know, up, up stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was very very interesting to me that the sort of mix and the interludes and everything. But by and large, it's my kind of thing. I'll be honest. With yeah. You. But I'm with you on the light and airy voice. It's that sort of like you yeah. know, balm to the ears. I would have. I like to have had more of her more of hair on the record as opposed to the sampling but I think that's more like, more just what I look for in music as opposed to a critique on the album itself I think because this this is, is, is isn't my normal bag but I no, suppose no. that's that's what one of the good things about this the concept of this podcast is we're listening to new stuff well that's it we, whatever comes up next in there yeah. we're, we're just listening to it but I remember when it came up and I, I, when you said you hadn't you weren't really that aware of them mm. I, I didn't know if it'd be your cup of tea um, but yeah, I know, and I know what you mean about Sarah Cracknell's voice. There's there's one where it seems really underused, but it come, it's like it's like sun coming through your window when it appears. Yeah, it's it a song called I think like the Swallow, and it's you know it's a mysterious sort of start to it, and it sort of builds and builds, and then the the beat comes in, and there's some strange noises that wouldn't stand out of place on an early early seventies Pink Floyd. Album and then so then after about I don't know it seems like four or five minutes she suddenly sings a verse and then that's kind of the last you hear of her again yeah. you know it, it's um, you sparingly had I said <laughs> on it's that a very one. strange way to use such a talented voice is to use a use a very sparingly yeah yeah I think well she became more of a focal point as the band went I mean this is the first album isn't it yeah this is their debut it, and it was nominated for a Mercury Award yes yeah which yeah I, which I found out in my um, the, this what this charted at number fourteen. Their yeah. following album, uh, so tough, got to number seven, which is their highest charting. Yeah, album. I, I remember so tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was doing my my research, I sort of thought this might be a group that 
sort of lived in the 90s and stayed in the 90s, if you get what I mean. Yeah. But I, to my surprise, they're still together and making music now. Absolutely. They yeah, last I, released an album two or three years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're a, I think they, they did one or two. I mean, they've never been big giggers, I don't think. I don't, mm. I would, there's a band I'd like to see live, I must be honest with you. But I, say, I can remember them back in the day, back in the 90s, doing stuff like he's on the phone and um, you're in a bad way. And they were just really good three, four-minute pop songs. Mm. You know what I mean? So it, it, it kind of surprised me when I heard about the Dazzle Ships influence and these little, strange little interludes and stuff. Um, I, it took me a long time to get my head around it, to be honest with you, because I was just expecting really cool, like, pop songs all the way through. But. Yeah. You would, you would think it would be difficult to be a touring band with music like this because it more or less all the samples and stuff how would you absolutely that to a live show that, that, that that's it and they kind of admit themselves they're not the greatest musicians they're probably better now 30 years on but <laughs> you would hope so but you? yeah but i said bob stanley seems very busy as an author you know author in music books as well but i mean proper enthusiasts you know music enthusiasts the album drew on club culture as well so um is this something that you remember from the 90s then? Do you remember the 90s club culture and how does this fit in with... Yeah, the, the, the yeah, I think I, I, absolutely, as I said, mentioned, I've already sort of mentioned Ibiza and the Hacienda and, and things like that. I was a big, like, factory fan, New Water fan, stuff like that. So I like I like the big 12-inch singles with the build-up and the, you know. Um, so and there's, there's one or two things like that on here. Um, and I just like um, pop music, you know, good bubblegum pop music or whatever mm. and and I think this this does a really really good job but I said there's all kinds of stuff I said that the, the um there's a bit of dub in there and sort of indie sounding stuff and and but yeah it's very much 1991 you know if you if, if oh. when you're listening to it and you think if you didn't know when it was released you, you'd have a fair idea yeah know? when it comes to its sort of place in music history it's sort of just before the the spectre of Britpop came yes. to the UK charts. Absolutely, this this is a, a sort of because it, it's it's not even linked to Britpop, but it's like a sort of calm before the storm, something it, different. It before. is, it is, and it, but it would it would fit in to that landscape as well. Mm. Um, I seem to even think Sarah Cracknell and Tim Burgess of the Charlatans did some stuff together, and I think we're in a relationship. So mm. that was a bit of a merging of that sort of like Manchester yeah. Britpop. And, and this, I think they were probably, I would imagine, very well respected by that, you know, movement mm. as well. So It is interesting that uh, they cite their interest in 1960s pop as well, because there is a, a theory that I've read before that I subscribe to that um, there's always a nostalgia wave for the period 20 years before. Mm. So, and that was very much um, brought out by the Britpop boom because Oasis were basically just the Beatles, Beatles, Beatles yeah. knockoffs. Whatever. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And this is, is, is very much the, their, their version of nostalgia for things like the Bee Gees and. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I mean, you can tell they're absolute, you know, nuts when it comes to pop music and whatever. Yeah. And this is kind of the, the beginning of their tribute to all that, I guess. And um, none the worse for it. I'd say I usually like albums that hang together a bit better, mm. if you know what I mean. It seemed to, when I first listened to it, it seemed to be all over the place. But the more I listen to it, the more it makes sort of sense. It's, Even though I couldn't tell you why it makes sense, but it seems <laughs> to make sense. It's it's very well put together by people who obviously had a lot of passion about what they ab were doing. Ab absolutely, absolutely. 
and uh, it's kind of nice when you just, like spot the influence as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh, I even had a probably it probably comes from the OMD link where I even at some point I don't ask me where, but I kind of almost had a bit of like Trans Europe Express Kraftwerk. You know what I mean? There was mm, even that that's yeah. probably seeped over from the OMD thing. But you know, the, you, there's all kinds of things creeping out the you know speakers. Mm. It's it's funny you mention that because when the album started. Something there was something about it that made me think the group were German, and I, I, I don't know yeah. why. I think it was just the way the music sounded put me in mind of Kraftwerk. And, yeah, yeah, and that sort of German industrial sound. Yeah, but uh, yeah, very much surprised when the the female voice came in and she was singing in English because even even with the French name, I thought they were German. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'd say they had French name, but I, I think incredibly like. London centric, you know, really, you know, there's a lot, lots of mentions of London and stuff like that. I mean, even one of the songs has London in the in the title. But London belongs to me. Yeah, lots and lots of references to places all around the world, but plenty like London boroughs and stuff in there as well. Where do you think this album sits um, historically? Then, do you think it's a it's a, a, a worthy inclusion on the list, or do you think it's a sort of snapshot of the time as much? As I, I think so, and I think that's probably what makes it a good inclusion because I think it is a bit of a time capsule because yeah. it's gathered a lot of things, not just like nostalgic things, but things around that time. And um, I say it didn't sound out of place. It didn't sound like they were necessarily stealing from the past or anything. I just it feels very much of the time as well, mm-hmm. you know. As I said, the only the only real surprise to me is it came out in September because it just sounds like it came out in April and it was the soundtrack to a lot of people's summers. Yeah, maybe it was in '92. I don't know, um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's worthy. I think it's worthy. Um, it, it's it, it was a bit of a surprise to me, um, particularly like I'm not expecting the dub and stuff like a bit of dub going on. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's, there's, like as I say, yeah, I don't mind it when things jump around a little bit. You know, you go from the dub to the song called "Girl Seven, which is a hint of like a Balearic beat and mm. Spanish guitar going on. Again, the beautiful um, vocal by Sarah Cracknell. Um, it was a bit further back in the mix to make her. Mm. You mentioned the word ethereal. Yeah, it made it even even more so. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think it is worthy. Yeah. I think the thing that stands out to me from a historical perspective standpoint is the use of sampling. Because yes. I, I didn't think that was a practice as far back as 1991. I know that it's probably been used even further back. But mm. you think of how prevalent sampling is in pop music now. Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. you think of like Britney Spears' Toxic, which was a sample of... Uh, Bollywood soundtrack. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, but, um, but no, the worst for it, because... I know we're not talking about that that song or Britney Spears, but what a track that is! Yeah, that is a fantastic pop record. It yeah, is, yeah, yeah. So yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, I say it's a long time ago. Yeah, when you think yeah, about it. Yeah, um, as I said, I'm sure the practice of sampling is probably came before this even, but it's, yeah, it, it's surprising to hear a record as sample heavy as yeah. this is in the early 90s when you would expect it to be more late 90s, 2000s-ish. Absolutely, because going back probably 10 years hence when people like Kate Bush and and Peter Gabriel and people like that were using mm. Fairlights, but it was very um, 
very early days of sampling money. It was like smash glass and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas like the nicking drum loops at this point and yeah. stuff like that, you know. And the nicking like little voice snaps of, as we say, countdown and Eddie Waring. And- Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, there's another track as well, which I have written down. Well, again, where I think they've they've nicked something from. What song was it? Oh, another bit, little bit of trivia though. Um, Nothing can stop us. Carly Minogue did a version of that yeah, as well. Yeah, I was with reading that on Wikipedia. They, they did a, a re-release of it, didn't they? Yeah, and also there's another one of the peculiar tracks again. Etienne is going to die. It's got like an African sort of beat in in the background, oh. and it's just dialogue from the film House of Games. So, you know, and it, it, that, it was used as a track. It's amazing how, how much um, has come into this melting pot of, of an album from, as you say, there's, there's a bit of Jamaican dub in there, there's African beats, there's bits and bobs of everything, really, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. And it, even though it's not really my bag, it is definitely coherent. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a record I can admire, even if I didn't enjoy it so, so much. I yeah. um, admire the workmanship and workmanship. <laughs> it's easy for you to say, <laughs> I put my teeth in. Uh, <laughs> workmanship and passion that's gone into it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's really well done. And I am kind of tempted. I know you went out and bought the last album we did, didn't you? Yeah, I went out and I am there. tempted to buy the, uh, the sort of like updated... Um, version of this with the extra tracks and there's stuff a, there's like there's a 25th anniversary edition yeah I mean because there was there, I was listening to it on um, Alexa at some point yeah and um, it was the deluxe version or something like that. so there was mm. tracks that because I, I just based it on the original yeah, you know, yeah but there was some extra tracks that came on there's one called Filthy which yeah. was absolutely fantastic it's, it, it is a shame <laughs> that we're listening to it in winter really as well because it's definitely it's not a oh, winter it's, record it's, it? you, you want your windows wound down yeah. in the car in this this blaring out yeah um yeah it's i'd say i think it is to me it's a very much a summer record like a look i could imagine I don't, like, again i don't know why but very much a london record as well mm. yeah so well speaking of london records our next um episode is also going to be on a london-based group absolutely a very famously london-based group that i'm yes uh, it's a cracker this next one mm-hmm. i'm really looking forward to digging into this um our next episode is uh number 235 on the list and it's Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones. Wow, that should be fun. Yeah, one of their all-time classic albums, I think it's uh, it's fair, fair to say. One of their most highly considered albums. And Absolutely. sort of almost timely in the way that they were back in the charts recently. Absolutely, with the Hackney Diamonds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I still haven't listened to. I should really get around to I've it. I've only heard this, this single. Is yeah, it Angry? Angry, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I shall look forward to that. I'm, I'm just hoping we can... There'll be enough like trivia and and stories about them to to you know fill a bit of the time in. Oh yeah, but, you know, I clean, think it's gonna have to be a double a double episode. Clean living guys, <laughs> no trouble in their past, no skeletons no, no, in their no, closets. No, no, no. <laughs> We're going to uh, challenge each other to find the wildest road story of the road. Absolutely, stones. that's hopefully true. Bring it, to the, yeah. <laughs> As as far as we can verify, we'll try and keep it clean. Well, I, I, don't, I don't suppose we can keep it clean. No, it might be tricky. <laughs> it might be tricky. So, um, again, it's another wild uh, gear shift for the next episode. Yes. So, uh, this series is already throwing up a, 
uh, a fair few changes. Um, so what are your last words on Fox Base Alpha? My last words on it. Um, as I say, well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I feel like I'm going to say that a lot because mm. I, I do love my music. <laughs> and when you listen to something a lot, you start to understand, you know, where they're coming from, etc. But no, it is right up my street, this kind of thing. And I am almost certainly going to go out and buy the deluxe edition yeah. off the back of listening to this. Did it um, take you back to the early 90s? Then? Did it oh, put God, you, put yeah, you yeah. in mind of those halcyon days? Absolutely, absolutely. If I'd, have, if I'd have maybe listened to this album, if I'd have purchased this album, which I'm amazed I didn't because it's the mm. kind of thing I probably would have done it would. I would find it incredibly nostalgic, you know. You probably for nineteen ninety one. Probably too busy falling out of clubs and crawling out of bed with the with you know whoever you <laughs> whomsoever. Yeah, I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Told you, B and B Morecambe. No Ibiza for this kid. Although I did go to the Halcyon drums. Halcyon days. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that about wraps. Uh, the last word from me is, I guess, as, as, as I said, I, I admire the record uh, more than I enjoyed it. Uh, there, were, there were parts of it I enjoyed. The, the vocals were really nice. Mm. Um, as I say, I think it does it a disservice listening to it this time of year. As, as we listen, we're recording this in January, and it's really not a January record. It's it's, it's not grey and depressing. It's chilly. It's chilly, yeah. listener. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's, uh, it's brassic. Yes, <laughs> as we say up north, um, yeah, it would probably be a lot better if it was in the summer and I had my windows open. And, mm. But uh, yeah, um, very well put together, just not up my street because I'm one of the youngest old codgers you'll ever meet. I think this is why I'm looking forward to the Rolling Stones. So Did you notice they mentioned age again? <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm a, not that young. You know the Rolling Stones are quite old, don't you? Quite old. They're even older than me, Nathan. Yeah, that, that's one way to put it. Quite old. <laughs> I mean, there were some people that were taking the mick out of the Rolling Stones for being old when I was born. It's so true. You, I you, can't you, get no sanatogen and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. They used to say, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, without without starting the next episode now, he's quite a frontman for eighty years old, isn't he? It, it really just, is. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll save it for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, thanks for listening to this uh, second episode. We'll be back in a month or so with some Rolling Stones for you. So uh, with, with that, we'll say goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the one... F- oh, before I forget, the socials. I, I forgot this last time yeah. as well. Um, we're on Twitter, at 1001pod. We're on Facebook, 1001 a Music Podcast. And 1001 albumpod at gmail.com if you want to send us your correspondence, some thoughts on the albums that we're listening to, anything you fancy. Get in touch, tell people you're listening, share it, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.